To Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are kicking off a superior sequels double feature with Hostel 2. That's right. We are staking a claim with these movies that we're talking about this week and next week. We're of the opinion that the sequel is better than the original. We've got an Evil Dead 2 scenario here happening, guys. Hostel? Great movie. Love Hostel. Stop saying The Evil Dead 2 like everybody has agreed with you. You can't have the second one without the first, but we're going to make a claim. Yeah, Hostel 2 outdoes Hostel 1. Before we plead our case, John, what are three good things about Hostel 2 you would recommend to anybody listening who has not seen the movie yet and might want to pause it before we spoil the shit out of it? Three good things about Hostel 2. You'd think that I would have this prepared (laughs) because it's our podcast and we knew we were going to ask me this question. First off, Hostel 2 is its own story, but it does an incredible job of tying back to the first movie with one of the best cold opens of modern horror. Oh, it's definitely an homage to Friday the 13th Part 2, poor old Annie. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Oh, so good. Number two, um... It is way funnier than Hostel 1. So if you've only seen Hostel 1 and you went, ew, gross, not for me, this movie is absolutely hysterical. Is it? It's got some comedic beats that play, that that maybe appear to be funnier than they actually are because of how gruesome the rest of the movie is. I think you're just sadistic. It's way more playful than Hostel. Okay, playful. I will give you playful. Okay, I appreciate that. And, And third point, all female lead characters. So if if you thought that Hostel 1 was a little chauvinistic because you're following it some fucking... It was a little fucking... chauvinistic. <laughs> Those are the characters. They're, no, they're dude I agree bros. with you. I agree with you. These, these lead characters that we have here are so fucking good, and they kick so much ass in this movie. Um, you know, unfortunately, maybe, maybe all of them don't make it out, but with, oh, what a way to go. <laughs> okay, we'll cut it there because you're starting to get a little spoilery, but before we get into our full discussion of Hostel 2... John, what is keeping you creepy this week? Movie theaters are finally open again in our area. Yay! Because of the Omicron variant, everything got shut down beginning of January. We finally saw Scream! We finally saw Scream, guys! Uh, and Kim, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you the same thing. What are three good things about Scream? I think we should also say, like, we're not gonna spoil it because I know that there are still people that have not seen it who I've either, like, you know, been isolating because of their job or had COVID, got COVID. You know, not everybody can get to the theater right now. Not everybody feels comfortable getting to the theater. So we are not gonna spoil Scream at all. No. Uh, We're gonna keep this as vague as possible. Let's do this together because I I think we came to, like, an official Nightmare on Film Street consensus on three good things we like about the Scream movie. First one I'm going to say is we thoroughly enjoyed the updated use of tech 
I was wondering how they were going to play into the fact that nobody answers their goddamn phones now. Yeah. Uh, we all screen our calls and we're like, hey, why not text? And I would have assumed that all of the uh, the Generation Z would be doing that with Ghostface, screening his calls. And there was some fun use of apps and updated uh, technology. Yeah, that's that's without spoiling it. But I mean, <laughs> hey, phones phones have continued to update movie over movie with that franchise, and they've always done a great job of using whatever the new phones can do. Uh, and we'll leave it at that, I guess. Uh, in terms of other modern updates, number two, as always, fucking skewered modern horror movies. Oh, yeah. They have quite some opinions about modern horror and modern horror fans. And, uh... Just like the first, and I will say second film, very cutting. They, they pump the brakes a little bit, like, right at the end. Like, they pull <laughs> that punch slightly, like, oh, we didn't mean it fully. Those movies are still good if you like them, but there's a, there's a lot of good jabs in there if you're an old horror fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really appreciated the take because I was really wondering how they were going to explain this, what were they calling it, a requel? Yeah, and also, it's a slasher movie coming out in an age of elevated horror, so that was going to be a little hard to juggle anyway. And number three, this should come as no surprise, just given Ghostface's M.O. and his choice of weapon, there's a fucking gnarly knife wound in this movie, guys. Is that what we settled on, a knife wound is number three? In my heart, that's number three. If you got a third other thing you want to you wanna throw out there, I'm fine with it, but the surprise tied for third, gory knife wound. I mean, can my number three just be Nev Campbell? Well, if that's the case, then my number three is going to be Roger Jackson. Nev Campbell's in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole cast is there. Uh, you're going to have to see it for yourself to the figure out. The whole cast is yeah. there. Everybody showed up. Uh, you'll have to see it for yourself to figure out uh, how much they're actually in the movie. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it as far as spoiler-free discussions. If you're curious, yes, Red Right Hand by Nick Cave does show up. So, such a great cameo by that song. <laughs> yeah, that's the like, unofficial cast member of the whole franchise, right? Like, you gotta have Nev, you gotta have Courtney Cox, you gotta have David Arquette, and you need Red Right Hand. <laughs> Those are just our spoiler-free thoughts, three good things we liked about the movie. If you want to hear our full opinion, if you want to hear what we thought about every kill, every weird decision, uh, every story beat, we recorded a full drive-home-from-the-drive-in review of the new Scream movie immediately after coming back from the theater. Our first reactions of the movie, uh, you can get that over in the Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash Fiend Club. We're going to be releasing that episode uh, Friday or Saturday this week, so keep an eye out for it. We're also hosting a little Valentine's Day watch party over there. We have a poll up right now. You can vote on which movie you want to watch. They're all a little bit secret. We put a little Valentine's Day-esque tagline for each with the release date, and everybody in the Fiend Club has been voting on what we're going to watch. That little watch party is happening Saturday night, February 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern, but be sure to go vote in our little poll to make sure you have a say in what we're watching. And that event is a Fiend Club exclusive. You can only get in if you're a member at nofspodcast.com slash Fiend Club. You, um, you'd stay in a hostel after this? After watching this? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. I would gladly go backpacking and stay at hostels everywhere in Europe. This movie has never scared me away from tourism. <laughs> But let's get into it. Let's talk about our first superior sequel of this of this double feature. Let's the second one will surprise you. <laughs> We're talking about Eli Roth's Hostel 2. I tried to go for a BuzzFeed title there. Don't touch that dot. You 
Jedes Jahr werden in Amerika 10.000 Menschen mit einer Schusswaffe getötet. Darüber hinaus werden über 2.000 Menschen erstochen. Amerikaner haben einfach keine Fantasie. Hostel Teil 2 From 2007, Hostel Part 2 is currently sitting at a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. 44% on Rotten Tomatoes and 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Now, I'm surprised about that Letterboxd rating, but you want to hear something even crazier? No. (laughs) (laughs) So 44%, obviously the critic rating. Take a while. I guess I've... I've sort of like hinted at where this is going, but take a wild guess what the what the audience rating is for Hostel Part 2. 81. 39. 39%. Yo, people are incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is when you look at the Rotten Tomatoes ratings, like you'll see like like hey, pause like positive tomato ratings uh, from reviews that were very clearly written in 2020. Like people are just like retroactively like we got to pump these numbers up. <laughs> And I'm thinking maybe we do that. Maybe we just start like getting people accredited to Rotten Tomatoes and like every like every new celebratory, hey, this new writer of ours is Rotten Tomatoes approved, we get them to write a review for Hostel Part 2. <laughs> our, our website is only positive reviews of Hostel Part 2. <laughs> that's that's not a bad website. I'd read every one of them. <laughs> oh boy. I guess I didn't really realize that this was a controversial opinion. I thought we were all under the assumption that everyone enjoyed Hostel Part 2. Yeah, me too. Anytime you bring it up anywhere in any horror circle, I guess. You get a lot of like, yo! <laughs> yeah, and people, like lots of people too are just like, oh, you know, like the first one wasn't for me, but that second one, I fuck with the second one. We all fuck with the second one. But not really, apparently, from those ratings. Apparently not. 2007, right? The, in 2007, people weren't weren't digging it. I can understand audience ratings being low for something like Hostel Part 1 just cuz like that was such a like a cultural moment. Everybody saw that movie, even people who would like people who don't watch horror movies decided this is the like Hostel, this torture porn movie, the one horror movie I'm going to see this year. I so That's I have to I have to say and you know I was we're kind of jumping the gun on this because I didn't want to do like the comparisons out the gate, but now that we're talking about Hostel 1, I find I have to be in the right mood to see the original Hostel film. If okay. I'm not in the right mindset, I watch it, I don't like it. Okay. But, you know, sometimes I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this is bomb. You gotta be in the mood for like a gritty, grimy, yeah. drive, dirty movie theater Yeah, style like I have to movie. be in the mood to be uncomfortable or silly or watch it like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's the kind of movie you need to shower afterward. Yeah, like the same, it's the same reason why, you know, I, I have to be in the mood to watch a Friday the 13th film. Like it has to be summer vibes, it has to be Friday. Uh, it doesn't have to be Friday. But... It has to only be Friday. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a weekend movie. You watch it with your friends or like, you know, with the window open so you get that night breeze and a cricket sound or something. Yeah. Hostel, I have to be, I guess, in the mood for gore and violence. You know what's funny about that comparison, though? Is and you're... assholes. I have to be in the mood for assholes. So 
what you're saying is that Friday the 13th, you need the right atmosphere. But you're not recreating the appropriate atmosphere for Hostel. <laughs> you're just traveling? like, we need the floors to be sticky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm traveling to Slovakia. I'm watching it in a brothel. <laughs> Off a girl named Candy's back. If I walked into a tiny movie theater and they were projecting a movie on a bed sheet that was just strung up on the hostel. wall. Hostel. We would watch Saw and Hostel. Yeah, I would not be surprised <laughs> to see either of those movies play and be like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, of course. So the point I'm getting around to is that Hostel 2 and why I think it is a superior sequel is that I could watch it anytime and every single time I watch it I'm like yo I love this movie why do you think that is it's fucking dope (laughs) that is such a broad definition (laughs) do you think that it's just sillier like it has a more playful vibe it's well written it's oh I think the first one's well written Mm -hmm. depending on the time you watch it (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. I think the characters are super interesting. I love all three of them. They're really well written. Absolutely. They are whole human beings. Yeah. And you feel bad for each and every one of them for different reasons. Like, murder is bad for any character to go through, but you feel let down because Lorna really liked this guy and he's a big jerk. Oh, my God. Yeah, it seems like uh, murder, bad for everything but business, right? Is that that what I'm hearing? What? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I just thoroughly enjoy it. The whole thing is watchable. Like, even the non-horror moments, and I think that's what makes a horror movie exceed from being good to great, is like, are you entertained during the non-horror moments? Mm. And I just have to say, if Slovakia wasn't full of fictional murder, I want to go to that Harvest Festival so bad. Before we get too far away from, like, critical response and whatnot, did you know... That this movie was nominated for two Razzies? No. Yeah. The awards that it was nominated for were Worst Excuse for a Horror Movie. What? Yeah. Yeah. And then also Worst Prequel or Sequel. It did not win either of those. Uh, It went to I Know Who Killed Me and Daddy Day Camp. Uh, But yeah. Two Razzie nominations for what arguably I think is one of the best horror movies of the last. It must have been Slim Pickens that year, we'll just say. Well, how can you how can you rag on the premise of this film? I don't understand. And I think maybe a lot of that is just carried over from the first one. Hey, there's a pretty good chance that if you're listening to this, you already know that the the whole sequence with Lorna's death where she's strung upside down, which was a lot of the promo images for the movie before it hit theaters, that's completely cut from the movie. Whoa. Oh, you don't know this. What? In Germany, you you can't see it. It's gone. Just wiped out of the movie. She gets kidnapped, and that's the last you see of Lorna. You never see her. You never see a bit of her death. There was, at one point, a unrated extended German cut that you could get that had parts of the scene, but not the whole scene. And that's been banned. That's, Whoa. So gone. Just in Germany, you can't fucking see Why? It. It's too brutal, I guess. She's based on, like, a... Countess. Yeah, like a real life person. Yeah, that uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bathory, which I'm it's somewhere in Europe. <laughs> I'm sure that they've been, they were watching American Horror Story out there in, in Germany. Isn't there a whole season that's kind of based on it Elizabeth Bathory? It is pretty Bathory? fucking brutal, though. Oh, this, yeah. Abs- okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about, you've never seen this movie or it's been a while, there is a character. Her name's Lorna. It's fucking heartbreaking because she just she falls for the sweetest looking guy and she's such a safe girl like she doesn't drink and and you know like she she all drops... she wants to do is journal <laughs> yeah 
and have a good fucking European vacation. And even the girl she's with kind of treat her like a heel, and she's, she kind of knows it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's so rough. Anyway, yeah. she gets kidnapped. And super duper murdered. She yeah, get- and, and strung up like a pig and her throat cut. For, yeah. For her blood. <laughs> yeah. So here's, yeah, the, the most interesting thing about that death, too, is uh, everybody else that we see kill a person in either of these movies, Hostel 1 and Hostel 2. Hostel 3 is its own animal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all just in plain ass rooms, right? Maybe the room's clean, maybe the room's dirty, but it's just a, it's just four walls and a door. This woman who kills Lorna has her own dedicated like bathhouse. It's, it's still tiled. grimy, but yeah. yeah, it's of course it's grimy. People commit murder there. There's nothing but blood. <laughs> it's not like like no one's leaving Yelp reviews for the elite hunting club's bathhouse. You know, there's candles though. She's made her nice romantic night of it, and uh, she just walks in, sits in this shallow pool underneath Lorna, and hacks her to pieces with a with a long bladed scythe. Um, including like a really gory throat slit that just showers her in it. But this the scene in this movie, I, 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 oh, it hurts to know that it's cut because I think it's kind of what puts it in the pantheon of great horror movies. Go on. Honestly, it's kind of a thesis statement for the whole movie, regardless, but it just looks great. It is so blood hungry, this scene. Like it's it's just like foaming from the mouth for for the the gore of it all the sound design is amazing like leading up to the death where she's sort of like teasing her and taunting her and she's just dragging the blade across her oh skin oh my god i can't <laughs> even oh. oh it's brutal Ugh. it's brutal it's and it's Where, so like, great skit skitters on yeah. oh and i mean like if you remove yourself from a little from it a little bit if you just try to approach it like a craftsman or something, like you know, a hundred percent, that is the sound of fabric being torn Ooh. or fabric being scratched at. You know, it's not the sound of skin. It's so great, and it, it all comes together so perfectly. Ugh. But my, I, I am cringing in my own skin. Right I know. Now. To be honest, I think that's why I keep sort of describing Ugh. it more and more, is because I can see the look on your face, and it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, isn't like, don't you think this is like outside of like all of the great ramblings from Stuart and Todd, who we, you know, we really follow in the oh, movie? Oh, I love it. Don't you think, you, as a short film, you get everything about? the hostile movies in this scene with Lorna's death, just this fucking woman who has all the money in the world to actually bathe in the blood of people regularly. Should anyone have that much money? Like, like, <laughs> like the amount of money it costs to even just rent that room is more than most people could afford, yeah. but then to pay for a human person to do anything you want with and to pay to have them disposed of and all evidence of them erased. Like, that's a stupid amount of money. It's just, ex- it's, it's, it's the epitome of excess. Like, sure, she's not buying Lambos and, like, wearing 18 gold watches on her wrist. Hostile alternate. Yeah. Elizabeth Bathory just buys a bunch of Lambos. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's it's no different. It's a stupid amount of money, and to see her bathe in it and know that it does nothing is hilarious. Like that's the thing. This the scenes like this make me laugh. 
Do you like, think she knows that it does nothing? Because she seems to be rubbing it in her skin like she wants it to do something. Hey, man, a lot of people will pay a lot of money for want. Have you have you heard of those blood facials? That's a thing where you like you get... use your own blood. Yeah, they, I think they like take your blood out of your arm and then they like tattoo it into your face. What they <laughs> tattoo it? Well, not like tattoo it, but like they microderm it. So like they on itty bitty needles, like yeah. put it back into your face. Huh? You couldn't just and that costs how much? Probably lots. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love I love that you couldn't just- I buy just... face cream. I'm at face cream level. <laughs> if you're going to go to the lengths of doing that, couldn't you just prick your goddamn finger and just rub it around a lot? Mm. Yeah. You could buy a whole American woman to <laughs> to bathe in, I guess. Yeah. And so like that's, that's the thing for me. Like, that's why I love that scene in the movie. Like, yeah, it, as a kill, it's brutal. It looks, it looks great. In the grander scope, what you're talking about, about like how it's kind of about capitalism more or less. Fuck or, yeah, or dude. greed or excess. That's why I really enjoy the bidding sequence in oh, this yeah. movie. No, totally. how we have the, the double screens where we're watching... Todd outbid all of these men and you get to see a glimpse of the lives of these people that are bidding and it's it's basically just affluent white men oh, yeah. old gross white men and they're all very plain and boring looking yeah and they're all like with their wives and families like shielding their circa 2000 era cell phones while they bid on these American girls and the fact too that we're also watching the girls who are seemingly free at this point mm-hmm. Just laugh, laughing and giggling and hanging out while we're also seeing cuts of their face scanned on a cell phone with a bidding price in- increasing in thousand dollar amounts. It's yeah. so sinister, and I thoroughly enjoy it. But it's it, but the the way that it's presented is so fun. Like it's not like it's kind of hilarious. It's silly. It's interesting. It's super dark, but. You almost feel happy for Todd that he won that bidding war when he gets it. I also love that he's on a golf course. Like, all the big deals go down on golf courses, right? <laughs> but it's like, you know, you've been in an eBay auction before where you finally fucking won something. Like, you're almost like, yeah, way to go, Todd, when he gets her, <laughs> even though you know he's the villain of the fucking movie. Yeah, it's true. And you do kind of like them because they're both, Todd brings his friend, his reluctant friend Stuart with them. Yeah. And it's just basically like bro up talk the whole time. Oh, yeah. They're there because Todd's trying to convince Stuart to to go along with it, obviously. He's just like, we got to do this right passage. You know, like when guys come back for high, from high school break and they've lost their virginity and you can see it on them. And like, that's what it's going to be for us, but murder time. I, yeah, I love that he thinks he's going to have an edge in a boardroom meeting because he's killed someone before and people are going to smell I it. But I believe up. They're just gonna that know. that's a plausible emotion somebody oh, yeah. like that could have or a thought that they could have. Totally. Like, it's cutthroat here. It's man eat man, and I've eaten a man before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. It's so good. Something else that I really appreciate, and this kind of goes back to you doing your comparison between the first two. Yeah, we didn't really get your comparisons. I like them both. Like, I, I like both of these movies almost almost equally. Hostel 2, uh, I like a little bit more. <laughs> it is way more fun. It is better written. And I think the other thing is that I'm amazed at how much I enjoy a movie that expands its universe. I never really like that. I am the same way. Yeah. I normally hate that yeah but even just watching people getting the the dog the hound dog tattoos thoroughly enjoy it in this movie we see it a couple times i love it well also because stewart tries to turn it down 
Like he's like, yeah, yeah you know, and then I can't like, explain oh, a tattoo shit. to my wife. Yeah, and you're like, oh, these guys are they've they've done a deal, and they're just as at risk at being murdered in this place as the victims in some cases. Oh yeah. Now like, here's here's the other thing. Like I get it that part of the contract is you have to kill somebody you before you leave. Join the club. Yeah, because essentially, like we've all got dirt on each other. Like you're not. You... That's the NDA. <laughs> That's yes. That is <laughs> is the harshest, most serious NDA that you could ever sign. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't understand why none of these people assume that they're not going to get blackmailed at some point. Like I was, we were talking about it at the end of the movie. Why isn't Hostel 3 a, a, a version that zooms out a little more from, like in the same way that Hostel 2 zoomed out from Hostel 1, Hostel 3 should zoom out and you just see that the elite hunting group controls all of the governments of the world. Because all of the richest people have come to their place to murder people. On camera. On camera. They have DNA evidence. They have they have all the proof that they would ever need to get you to sway your vote to anything that they wanted. Yeah, all they need to do is like drop a skull with its intact teeth in a lake near where they live. And you're just like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you seen the state of their hostels, though? Maybe they maybe it's not a totally profitable endeavor. It would be I feel like the warehouse where they where they commit the murders should be a lot cleaner. No, that's part of the that's part <laughs> of the environment. That smell You're paying that, for that, that sting aesthetic. in the nostril. <laughs> yeah, you need that. Like haven't you ever been to a bar and you're just like if this place smelled clean, I would enjoy it less. Like, have you never been to a dive bar that smelled like old-ass cigarettes? You're just like, yeah, no. Okay, is- so that's <laughs> that's kind of true. Like, when you go to a bowling alley that's existed yes. since, like, pre-1990, and you're like, smells like smoking in here. Yeah. <laughs> Smell- Nobody smoked in there for 35 years. Not at all, but the carpets are the same, and God damn it, it's just baked in. Or bingo. Bingo also. Absolutely. Now, so the other, the other thing that I really enjoy you know, talking differences between the first two movies is that when you say we're making a movie about backpackers in Europe, the first thing that comes to mind is dude bros, like just fucking frat boys who think they can show up and fuck the whole town and go back home with a hundred stories. So why wouldn't that be your first movie? True. But girls like backpacking in Europe too. And you, and you know, for a fact that that is a completely different experience. Yes, because it explores the vulnerability of girls yeah. traveling alone, even in packs of girls. Like, the train ride alone. That is that is one of the scariest scenes of the movie. Yeah, and those aren't even the worst people they encounter. I don't think those dudes actually work for the elite hunting group either. I think they're just assholes on their way to Prague that you just cannot trust. Yep, those are the guys from the first movie. <laughs> yeah, and like the, the, the girl group here... Uh, you know, Beth, Whitney, and Lorna are no different than the dudes in the first movie. Their goals are essentially exactly the same, too. I want to show up, I want to get laid, I want to have a few drinks, and I want to experience the culture. But they cannot approach it at all the same way. And it's super dangerous every step of the way. And And you see that because Whitney is... not out of control, but she's doing whatever she wants, and Beth recognizes the absolute danger in that (laughs) she's like she's such a great friend too she never lets her out of her sight that's the fun part too about the harvest festival is is when she's halfway between lorna and some guy and some guy trying to go on a boat and then whitney who's dancing with like a dude she just met 
on the other side of the festival. Like, and you're just like, stop, girls. Yeah, <laughs> for the is, love of God. This is dangerous. And the, Have the, some water. And the worst part is that Victor Crumb, who Whitney's, like, <laughs> hanging around with, ends up being a decent dude who gets hostiled himself. He gets yeah. cannibalized. And because of what you know about the first movie, you think he's a bad guy. You, you just, think you he's a bad guy. You can't trust anyone. He just, you know, he's just really upset that she took away his one opportunity to sleep with Whitney. Everybody out there might be selling you for meat. You just don't know. What do you think, because I feel like we need to talk about this dude, even just for a second, even just, even just for a, just to acknowledge him. What do you feel about the, the guy that runs the hostel? Oh, the, you go, come to the party, it's a sexy good time, that guy. <laughs> He's hilarious. He makes me more uncomfortable, I think, than anybody else in this movie. He feels like out of real life, is what you're saying? Yeah. He Everybody just... else feels like a horror movie villain, but this guy, you're like, oh, I don't know, something about that little thin mustache. I There's can't a trust lot it. of people who work for this company or cult or whatever it is. And a lot of them just feel like muscle. Like, you know, they're just guys that have got lived in a life of crime, and this is just the next opportunity that they landed on. Oh, yeah. Um, but he feels like he's so into it. Like, he grew up wanting to be a spy or something. Oh, yeah, because like, yeah. <laughs> he definitely has a, like, I know something you don't know. The whole time. <laughs> the it's whole just time. so slick and sleazy. And, like, I cringe smile every, t- especially at the Harvest Festival when he's like, you should have a drink. Drink up. Have a great time. He have won't be fun. bothering you anymore. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh. Anybody wearing a sweater vest in 2007 is pure evil. He's just sleazy personified, and I can't. It's as cringy as the scythe going down Lorna's back. <laughs> I love that he comes back. I love that he is. Is he the only? He's one of the only carryovers. The other two would be like the bad guy with the dogs, the bald bad guy with the dogs, and the kids, and the kids, yeah. the kid gang. Oh, man, I'm so happy they made it back. I like them, too, because they represent, like, anarchy and lawlessness, and they're the only people that don't play by the rules of society. Yeah, and especially... they're, They're not teamed with this bad group that's running the town. They're not for the tourists. They're not for anybody. No, they're just purely there for survival and gum. They want <laughs> they want gum. They have such a fun little arc in this movie. The end, like the final image of this movie is them playing soccer with a severed head. How do you not how does this movie have a 39% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes? It's criminal. I'm imploring all of you to start your own blog. <laughs> And become Rotten Tomatoes Or accredited. come right for our book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that way we can pump that number up. <laughs> and hey, like, do do your part. Open a Rotten Tomatoes regular ass audience account and just get that number up. <laughs> I don't even think you have to write a review. I think you just walk in and you're like, I liked it. And that's it. You walk away. <laughs> we just need a few thousand of you to do that. <laughs> Are we starting a campaign right now? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> 15 years later, <laughs> Hostel 2 deserves at least a 75%. All right, I'll design a t-shirt. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We moved away from the censorship stuff real quick in the beginning, but it's nuts that this movie is still kind of illegal. In some, like, it was banned in several countries. New Zealand wanted nothing to do with it. Well, I think like a lot of European tourism were like, thanks, America. <laughs> 
we already hate you. Hey, they they <laughs> shot this on location. I did see that. Like, like a they lot came of, back. Yeah, and all of the they actually employed a bunch of locals, yeah. which is pretty dope. This like, is a fucking great. both of these movies <laughs> money makers for local for the local economy. I'm sure they loved it. I bet they didn't have a fucking thing to worry about. Yeah, I bet there was like a strong decline though in tourism from that like 19, 18 to 21 age where people are taking a year off college to go backpack Europe. They're like, I don't want to go get bought. I'm American. I'm worth so much money there. Yeah, it ruined it ruined tourism so much that Eli Roth eventually had to make a movie that was just set in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like <laughs> He's like Green Inferno. The only reason it got made, he's like, I'm not allowed to film anywhere. What the fuck? <laughs> you can only film in the jungle now. Yeah, exactly. This is your area. You stick to it. Speaking of Eli Roth, maybe this is just like a, a cheese ball thing that I like to do, but I every time I watch one of his movies, I like to envision who he has as, you know, like the surrogate. Yeah, like which character is him? And I definitely think that he is the guy that tries to warn Beth um, when he, he asks her for a oh, the, dance. I love the, the next time. The next time she sees him, though, he's very clearly beating beaten up, and he's leaving town. Yeah. Like he's got a pickup <laughs> truck with all of his belongings on it. That's Eli Roth. <laughs> that guy got out easy. How do you get fired from the elite hunting club without being murdered? I don't think he worked. He was just a villager who knew what was up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was definitely just a townsperson that wasn't turning a blind eye. Because everybody at that festival, one, has to know what's up. Because there's all these rich American men with binoculars staring at staring at the teenagers dancing. But I'm just going to go out there and say that that Harvest Festival happens every night. Well, I'm sure it happens every night that time of year, though. Mm. It's tourist season, baby. What are you talking about? We gotta make a fake festival. I think every small business owner in that village is definitely turning a blind eye to it. Whether or not they're actively involved in it, it's it's very much a don't ask, don't tell kind of situation. For sure. Yeah. And isn't that true about all of the fucking places that rich people decide to vacation? The Am government. I right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? No, I mean, like, both of these movies. And, like, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, people talk about how these movies are super misogynistic, and I just I just don't agree with that at all. The characters in the first one, I will say, are definitely misogynistic. But that's where it stops for me. Okay, it's not like there aren't characters in this movie that are misogynistic, but they aren't heroes. Like, Todd and Stuart are the most misogynistic dudes. Stuart more so, which is hugely surprising, because Todd's not a nice guy. Stuart's the fucking worst. He's not, it's not like at the end of the day we're like, oh man, I was real sorry that Stuart got his dick cut off and he died bleeding, you know, after trying to rape a girl because he couldn't kill his own wife back home. That really hurt me because I was like, Stuart, I'm like Tyra Banks in uh, America's Next Top Model. We're like, Stuart, we were rooting for you. We wanted you to win. Stuart. You didn't think that was a lie from the beginning? I saw right through that Uh, shit the first time we watched this movie. I'm like, nah, 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 this guy's guy's playing a game with himself. The horror watcher in me was like, "Mm, we got to keep our eyes on Stuart, but like the the horror lover in me was like, Stuart's gonna save those ladies. But at and no, then he's gonna adopt them. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna adopt them. Oh man. Oh, I think out of all of these movies, Beth is the only girl who wins. I think Beth is fucking ruined. No, I think I think I think Beth becomes what Todd wants to be. I think Beth is now the fucking mogul who goes into a room and people are like, we don't fuck with Beth. I don't know why. There's just something about her. <laughs> like, <laughs> because like a- she's cold and ruined inside. 
her friends got murdered and she saw one uh, the, the image of her friend with like her hair ripped out and her eye cut up she and she got sweet justified revenge yeah sure she's traumatized by yeah, that but what about after the revenge john it's cold and empty there we're gonna helps. worry about that later. We're gonna <laughs> let future Beth handle that. Like we are just Beth's interested. Post credit rolls, Beth. We don't care about that. <laughs> We're interested in the Beth that's hiding in the woods to cut off the big bad girl's head with an axe. Yeah, but even there, when she pulls the hood down, she's wearing lipstick, but like her face is sallow and her eyes are cold, and I don't think it's a happy ending for her. That's why the the music and the kids playing with the head are is funny because it's like this weird irony. Oh, okay, sure. Let's... Nobody wins in Hostel. Nobody wins in any horror movie, if you want to start looking at it like that. No final girl goes on to have a great picnic the following weekend. It just doesn't happen. Brunch is ruined. Vacations are gone. No, You brunch. are now Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018. Uh, and every That's your 20 best years, you gotta put the fucking shirt back on, and you gotta go back out there and kill them again. <laughs> yeah, and but that that's also just like an interesting thing about the hostile movies because like I don't believe that that company is gone. Like Beth, oh has, absolutely not. Yeah, Beth has cut the head off the person up top, but you it's know- a tetrahedron. No, that's a shape. What's the name of that that creature? That Greek creature. The Hydra. The Hydra. You did it, kid. You did it. You won. On a smaller scale, though, like yeah, okay, grand grand scale, capitalism bad, but also just you know. Being in a strange place, you have to keep your wits about you at all times, even when you're naked in a salt water bath that smells <laughs> like farts. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> man! So we visited a hot spring Let's recently. Let's talk about hot springs. <laughs> I don't know why this wasn't the first thing I wrote down. Like, we gotta talk about hot springs. We drove through Utah, is that where it was? Colorado, Colorado. There's a hot spring in Colorado, and we were like, man, that looks so pretty. Let's go check Let's it go out. Let's go walk the dog. Dogs there have our lunch, whatever. And I honestly thought something broke in our RV because I was like, it smells really bad, John. I think our plumbing has gone. Let's open all these windows and go walk the dogs. And then we realized the town. It was the town that smelled. The whole town smelled like farts. <laughs> and there were people everywhere drinking mochas and wearing bathing suits and dancing around oh, yeah, in was, the steam. It was a rich-ass vacation spot for sure. <laughs> uh, I bought two coffees there and it cost like $13. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Our that's dogs why... had little coats though, so we fit in. But I, I was like, <laughs> I think the green hair and the horror t-shirts and yeah, the vomiting in the mouth probably gave us away. <laughs> I'm never, at this point, never going to Iceland. I've always wanted to. I'm like, oh, Iceland looks great. They have hot springs everywhere. Oh, Do it all like... hot springs smell like farts? They have to because they're like warmed up by sulfur and shit, aren't they? Oh. <sighs> Sulfur smell bad. <laughs> yeah, not not so like that. There's like this whole sequence right before right before Beth's kidnapped, where they're in this like really relaxing, idyllic hot spring area. Oh man, what a great, incredible spa! Oh, what a what a nice spot we found. And as relaxing and and gorgeous as it looks, you that know that segment it smells of the film so has fucking... been ruined. For yeah, me <laughs> yeah, it just smells like it smells no worse than the hostel where she gets killed. I bet. <laughs> farts <laughs> yeah i wouldn't get off the train like that's that's where i like surprisingly don't die in a hostile movie where i like oh you gotta come to this cool little spot no one knows about oh there's no tourists there you're gonna have a great sexy time and i get off the train smells like farts i walk right back on <laughs> you didn't tell me smell like farts here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm out <sighs>
Surely there's a hot spring that doesn't smell like farts, like a lava spring. I bet. That, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. I maybe. I don't know, man. Like probably not. <laughs> I'm, I'm banking on they all smell like farts. Well, on the worst part, there's well, that scene where so like that's fucking. That's good though. We're never gonna get murdered in a hostile 2.0 situation because we're never gonna go hot springing. Yeah, there we go. We've crossed one off the list. Seventeen thousand. I do still want to take the train though and feel like I'm going to Hogwarts. <laughs> Do you like the European train thing? I hear it's expensive. I hear it's, oh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I wonder what house I'm going to get sorted in. Like, Kim, you're 45. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how old we'll be when we can afford to do that. For sure. So, Kim, uh, <laughs> real real quick, you uh, I think you've probably summed this up enough, but, you know, yes or no, is, is Hostel 2 a superior sequel, and what is your rating of the movie? Hostel 2 is a... Near perfect film. Perfect film. Fuck it. It's a perfect film. I believe- Four out of four. It is better than the first one, even though the first film is pretty decent, depending on when you watch it. I'm pretty sure I, I saw your letterbox rating uh, before we started recording, and it says, Hostel 1 walked so Hostel 2 could run. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. I think when you talk about- When somebody asks you, what's a sequel that's better than the original- uh, the first movie I think of, uh, the first movie I think of is The Evil Dead 2. The second movie I think of is Hostile Part 2. You put those guns away, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for another episode. And yeah, absolutely, four to four. Uh, builds off everything the first movie had. Even Like, I love the first movie. This second movie is an all-timer. So good. Yeah. So good. Makes me sad to see the uh, see the ratings, but I think the horror community has... I think that our plea earlier in this episode will do something about that. But seriously, though, if you want to run a Hostel 2 review, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, please. But that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of Hostel Part 2. We'd love to chat with you more about this movie. We'd love it even more if you could send us a screen cap of you upvoting this movie <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you can do that on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. We are also uploading a bonus episode for our Fiend Club, a Fiend Club exclusive episode where we talk about the first two films. We rewatched both Hostel, the OG, and Human Centipede in order to compare them for this uh, double feature. So you can check that out over at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. It's a few bucks a month. You get bonus episodes like that and access to our live events and watch parties and all sorts of fun stuff. That is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Yeah, that episode's actually already there. We put it up last weekend. We had to make sure that these that these sequels were superior and the only way to do it was by watching the original. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Hostel 1, and the movie we're talking about next week, which I think you already spoiled. I may have. We talk about the originals over in the Fiend Club, so you can enjoy that episode right now. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Oh, <laughs>